One of the most interesting Mount Fuji facts is that this volcanic mountain is actually three separate volcanoes, one on top of the other. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, giant robots, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Kaiju Dillard. My name is uh, Mike Jaeger Royer. Is that what we're doing? All right. Mike Mecca Royer. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And this is a Superhero Slate review for Pacific Rim Uprising, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, that's right, with all of our uh, monster giant robot puns. So this isn't just a review for Pacific no. Rim Uprising. We went out of our way this week uh, for this movie, and we found our closest 4DX, D-Box, 4 Extra Dimension, I don't know what you want to call it. It was an experience, if you will. Uh, so we are going to start off this review specifically talking about what it's like to see this movie or a movie mm. in general in either a D-Box seat or a 4DX theater and talk about you know what that was like, if we enjoyed it, if we did it, if we'd go back, how much the tickets were, and then we'll jump into our thoughts of the movie and then eventually we'll get into uh, spoilers for the film. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, haven't got out to the theater and just kind of want to know what it's like to be in these type of seats, uh, you don't have to worry. We'll warn you before anything uh, pops up that might spoil you. Yep. That might so this, spoil you. So this is very similar to our Ghostbusters review. We're not big Ghostbusters people, but we watched it so we could review the Ecto Cooler, and I feel <laughs> this is the same thing. Well, we well, I, I don't know. Or- I, yeah, I was, a, I was a big fan of the first uh, Pacific Rim, so uh, I had kept hearing from people that if you're going to do these kind of 4D experiences, kind of find a big, loud, dumb movie, if you will, you know, and yeah. everybody kept saying about the Pacific Rim franchise when the first one was out, oh, you got to see this on the biggest screen possible, blah, 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 blah. So I was just like, well, we got 4DX screens in town, so I'm going to go check it out there. But so it, in my city of Los Angeles, we have a, a few 4DX theaters, which are theaters dedicated to all of the seats moving. Uh, there is some water that'll spray on you. There's like smoke machines at the front near the screen. The seats obviously move and rumble. They have like these pneumatic arms like inside of the chair, almost like a um, like a massage chair. So the, the chair can like punch back at you, which is pretty crazy. Um, I think there was misters that came from the ceiling that were different than the water that would shoot out at you. And then there's also like, compressed air that would shoot at you that made a very loud noise it was kind of distracting so that's kind of what a 4dx theater is now i've been curious because i've been wanting to find out from you what is a d box seat because technically i think there are different companies that probably produce these things so chris let me know what is what is a d box seat how far did you have to drive to find one and how much (laughs) were your tickets so it sounds like you went to disney world and went on one of their little 40 rides instead of (laughs) a movie theater if i was a batman but um i went to I think what um, D box is limited to I believe their um, Cinemark theaters maybe or like a certain company owns them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, but we had to go to Cincinnati, so it was a two hour drive. Oh um, man! To to get to this little thing, it's called the Cobb Liberty Luxury Fifteen and Cinebistro. Wow! Now, if you want a luxury <laughs> cinema experience, you go to this Cinebistro, Mike. Um, <laughs> You can actually, there's a separate, so you go in and you buy your tickets and you go up an escalator 
And there's the concessions, but to the left is a Cinebistro where they will bring you food to your seat. So it's specifically theaters for that where people can walk through and and bring you your food and you can get it delivered to you in the movie theater. Um, Then on the other side is one theater, which was the, the, it has the D box seats. Now yours sounds like a whole theater experience. Mine is just two rows of seats in the theater. So there are other people in the theater watching the regular movie in normal seats. Mm But you pick your reservations, and then they turn these seats on when you buy the ticket. So you can't just sit in one of these seats and get a uh, rumble experience without them activating it through their system. Gotcha. Um, so we had two of them in the center. We were like four people in the theater who had these things. Um, the theater was actually pretty empty because it was 1210 in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we went, went pretty early. But uh, the seat does rumble. There's no misting or anything. Um, but it's kind of like... Uh, being strapped to like i guess some amusement parks have them where you sit in the seat and the seat moves around a mm-hmm. little bit um it's like that but you can also adjust the intensity i don't know if you guys can do that in your theater um but we could adjust the intensity of like do you want to feel everything or do you just want to feel little things gotcha so, was uh was I, went, your, I went full in was your screening also 3d uh no oh, okay Our, ours was 3d yeah no no 3d it was just regular 2d movie i don't know if this this theater that screen may not have 3D um, capabilities because of being moved around with 3D like that. I figured like that would you'd lose the 3D effect pretty quickly. So oh, it sounds like you had a, a somewhat of a lighter experience, a little bit more chill, almost just like it's almost like you just spiced up the normal movie just a little yeah. bit. You just threw in a little extra pepper. Yep, yeah, and the tickets were um, same price as an IMAX ticket, so we didn't oh, okay. have to pay full in to. Like, I didn't feel like we were breaking the bank going to one of these D-Box uh, seats whenever, you know, I, I could go to IMAX and, and just see a bigger screen, so. Gotcha. Um, but but that was it. We had, I mean, we had a good time. I had mine, I went out, I cranked mine all the way to maximum, and as you can tell in this movie, anytime a robot fight starts, <laughs> I had to, like, grip the sides because this thing will throw you and rock you around in your chair, especially with every bit of action in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. And I think to me, simply because it's not a whole theater experience, I was actually, it took me about 10 minutes to adjust to the seat moving because uh-huh. it was like, you're like, oh my God, am I breaking it? Is this supposed to be happening? And then you get into the movie and you start to feel it and predict it. So uh, overall, I mean, we, we made a weekend out of it. We, we had a, we spent all day. We went to Ikea because it was right down the road from Ikea. We um, went to a place called Jungle Gyms International Market and then we went to the movie and um the, the movie theater in itself is in a little shopping mall town uh, called, like, I think it's like Liberty Junction, Ohio. Okay. And, or, <laughs> or Liberty Township, Ohio. And it's essentially like, you know, the outdoor malls. Uh-huh. But they have, like, condos in the middle. And, like, you can walk around this little town. And it's like being in a town full of all your favorite stores. So it was That's- really cool. That is the Midwest on just full uh, full steam ahead. That just sounds mm-hmm. like that is idyllic Midwest. You have like outdoor strip malls. You got uh, high end movie theaters. Uh, people out there shopping, having a good time. I'm glad. It, it, was there? Yeah. Did you have Did you have good weather? Because that that usually no. uh, will make or break. No. Okay. <laughs> no, we, we we had like ten inches of snow uh, at this place. It was snowing so bad. We had whiteout conditions. Uh, driving home, we had to go 20 miles an hour because you couldn't see the road or like oh anyone God. around you. It was it was real rough. I would not recommend that weather <laughs> <laughs> again. 
Uh, but well, uh, but overall, I, we, we got home. We we had fun. And I do have I do have to thank you because uh, you decided to uh, join in on the fun. I was just yeah. the, the one pushing for this kind of extra theater experience, and you're just like, you know what? If you're gonna do it, I'm gonna go do it. You had to drive twice as far uh, to get to one of those, so I appreciate that, Chris. I, it's it's my pleasure because I want to see Avengers in this. If I was gonna be completely honest All right. with you, All right. um, I but I wouldn't want to make my first going with this Avengers because you get distracted by the seats first and yes. then you watch the movie. <laughs> so by getting accustomed to it, I can go and be like, I know what I'm getting into. I know what I can do. And I'm not going to watch Avengers first with this, but I'm going to probably take a weekend and, and load up my car. I'm like, everyone's going with me. We're going to try this because it's going to change. You think recliners are good? Wait till you try this. <laughs> so um, tell me about you. You didn't go alone. Uh, you, you had some buddies go with you, some friends of the show, and and, and how was your complete cinema experience? Because like, it's not just a seat. Yours was the whole theater. Yeah. So this was uh, this was pretty intense. Uh, this was at the uh, L.A. Live Regal uh, in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, it took me about an hour to get there, but I had to fight a train and traffic. So I, you know, I, I felt the sting of trying to locate this theater a little bit. Not as bad as you, though. I didn't have to go through a literal blizzard to get to it. Uh, but the 4D experience uh, is interesting because you have a whole theater dedicated to it, so everybody's in the same boat. Um, it's a smaller theater, though, so you're not going to get a big, giant screen because I, I feel like outfitting a giant theater with all of these seats is a gigantic investment, even for a big theater in a really large market like Los Angeles. So, um, like, if you've ever gone to, like, a smaller movie theater and saw a movie on, like, one of the last couple weeks it was in there, they always put it in kind of one of the smaller theaters in the house so that's kind of what the room was like and i don't know if i could estimate how many chairs were in there off the top of my head i don't know somewhere between like maybe 50 so it was a, it was a smaller crowd for sure but uh like i said earlier all the seats uh, definitely move it was a 3d uh, glasses type of deal um the, the way it was set up like each row is kind of divided into four seats um, wait, no, divided into two seats. I'm trying to remember now. So each of those kind of pods all move and, uh, everything uh -huh. is, comp everything is, uh, you know, uh, synced up to the screen as I'm sure, you know, um, uh, even something as simple as like a camera pan will be mimicked by the chairs. So if the camera's like panning up, our seats will move up a little bit and the chairs will also move. And if it pans to the right, our, our seats will slowly like swerve, uh, pan to the left. So it, you know, it was kind of cool just kind of seeing camera pans, uh, match up. Uh, there is these air compressors that are really loud that will shoot you whenever you want to feel like air. So they They'd make a noise like psst, psst, psst. So that kind of got a little annoying, but at least they're always firing when some sort of big action was happening on the screen. So it's not like I was getting blasted in the face with air when I was trying to uh, hear very mm -hmm. uh, important dialogue. So that wasn't the biggest deal in the world. But you are right. These chairs, uh, they totally move and they're bucking you around. So uh, I took a um, – this theater I was allowed to bring alcohol into it. So I bought a beer at the concession stand and I brought it in. But uh, the beer was in a plastic cup. It wasn't like a Coke that had like a lid on it with a straw. So like I sat down and the chair started moving. I chugged my beer as fast as I could because I was like, this beer is literally going to spill. So I would not recommend these chairs with a drink full to the brim. So drink your drinks about halfway mm -hmm. before these rides get going because it was pretty crazy. Um, but I, I think I could totally agree with you where if, if you want to see a, a movie that you're dying to see like Avengers Infinity War, do not watch it for the very first time in this theater 
and especially your very first time in these types of seats because it's 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 distracting you know it's adding it's adding to your experience for sure but if you're trying to like really get involved in like character development uh story arcs things like that the 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 experience is just gonna it's just gonna throw you for a loop uh but when you're just watching big dumb robots fight you know it's pretty cool um another element i also forgot our theater had was up in the corners of the room there's kind of these these two led panels i don't know exactly how big they were but so when something on the screen would flash the led lights would flash as well so you'd kind of get in the periphery of your eyes this flashing so it's this very strange experience it's kind of all coalescing to i would say almost something really neat (laughs) it's kind of Mm -hmm. weird to say Uh, at times it did kind of feel like just random crap was happening and sometimes it was synced to what was happening sometimes it was off just by a little bit which would kind of ruin the magic but uh, i mean out of everything that's going on it's pretty impressive um you know we would watch some trailers and then before the movie would start everything would go black for a second and i would just imagine there's people like behind the screen with like giant valves and wrenches like just trying to maintain this massive system that's syncing up with the audio and visual so it's a really interesting feat um I would say this type of technology is really um, is really uh, hitting off at like like you said like an amusement park where you have a really tight experience. You know, three or four minutes, everything synced up and perfect. You know, it's been workshopped to death because these things are staying in the park forever. Uh-huh. I mean, at my theater, at my 4DX theater, this is going to be the only week to see Pacific Rim 4DX because next week it's going to be Ready Player One and there is only one 4DX theater in this house and I'm nearly positive Ready Player One will be taking that spot so you really have to jump in for this movie so it makes you wonder they're doing all this effort to sync this stuff up for you know approximately seven days of showing this movie and really you're going to make your lion's share of the money off of just the weekend so I I don't know if these things are really going to take off and really replace every movie theater house but you know i wouldn't I would want say, them. i would not want them to yeah it's i i don't want to say it's not worth the money but our tickets were not cheap uh they were 30 dollars a ticket so you're you're looking at a little bit of an investment especially with the family of four that sat down next to me i they all sat down i just looked at them and i just saw 120 dollars kind of just <laughs> hover above their head and i was like wow this is an expensive night out for them and the, there was uh, two parents and their two children, uh, probably maybe like five or six. And it, as soon as the chair started moving, the kids freaked out and sat on their parents' lap the whole time. So it's just like, well, you just wasted, you just wasted that on your kids. They're not even using those seats. So it was kind of nice because I had a little bit more breather room around me because there's no one in the chair next to me. So uh, there was a. Um, there was an interesting point in the movie, no spoilers, but there's a point where this uh, there's a person using a, kind of like a giant machine gun on one of the Jaegers, mm-hmm. and um, every bullet that comes out is like, every shell is like the size of a car, right? So it's this big giant gun shooting one of the kaijus, and then av- when every bullet goes off, the chair kind of punches me in the shoulder, and then at the same time, the LED lights are flashing up in the corner of the thing, and I was like, okay, this is a perfect moment where kind of everything's 
coalescing. My chair's vibrating. It's punching me in the back. I'm getting these light flashes. I think maybe the compressed air was going off. I don't exactly remember, but I was like, oh, this is this is really cool. So like, you know, when you get three or four things really syncing up and logically making sense to what's happening on the screen, it's really, really fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not seeing Avengers Infinity War opening weekend on this. I don't really know if I'm going to go back to it. Uh, when my when I got home and my wife asked me to kind of sum up the experience, I was just like, I don't know if I'll literally ever do that again. But if for some reason our closer theater had some of these seats, I might consider it. But I don't think it's worth the journey in my head. So if you happen to live down the street from one of these things and you can just kind of stroll up and, you know, you got a little extra cash. I, I think it I think it might be a fun experience. At least you can tell your friends about. But um, I don't this is it's not going to revolutionize uh, the movie theater. And actually, it's a little comfort. It's a little comforting knowing that in my heart of hearts, I still think the best way to watch a movie is just on a nice screen in two dimensions with just a comfortable chair and no kids screaming. That's really all I can ask for. And then it's just up to the movie to just be a good movie and I'll have a good time. So um, if you think the movie maybe is not going to live up to your expectations, maybe go with this really big distraction and maybe you'll have a, a better time. So I, I think that's the best way I can sum up a, a 40X theater in kind of that sporadic way. <laughs> Well, I think I think the difference here might be since I didn't have again what is essentially what I experience on every Disney ride at yeah. Disney, um, because I mean those are great in small doses. But I think my thing I noticed with this movie is there are parts where the people are just talking and the seats <laughs> don't move, and then uh-huh. all of a sudden the next thing is there's an explosion or you're like some simulation or something's happening, and then you're 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 getting rocked around out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's like that threw me the that brought me out of the movie more because I'm like okay I'm very I'm sitting here I'm very comfortable nothing's happening oh gosh I'm being chucked forward across the seat <laughs> uh, and I'm like okay I, I guess yours sounds a little more intense I would recommend the D box over the 40x it sounds like because it's not everything it's still just a normal movie going experience with a little bit of rumble tumble. Yeah, um, and it, and it sounds like you had a little bit more of an affordable price point where it sounds like it's not a, as big of a upfront decision. Like uh, dropping thirty dollars on a movie, like that 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 takes a little bit of thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, thirty. I think we spent thirty for the two of me and my wife together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I, I agree with you. It's gimmicky. Everything about this is gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But in the future, 10, 15 years, I would like. I would love to see this in video games more so than movies. Mm-hmm. And as much as I've always said Pacific Rim is a great video game more than it is a movie, <laughs> um, I was I was I was happy to experience this. But I would say touch this in with a VR head. When we get to the point where we can watch movies with VR headsets and we have this going on, I'm all about that. Ooh, yeah, but that a, would be but crazy. A, but until that point, the flat screen with you being chucked around and stuff. And being water spit at you, it's just a little, <laughs> that's a little much. The moving's okay, but it needs to have the next level of screen with it as well, I feel. So, mm-hmm. um, I, think, uh, I think it'd be a great VR VR system. Yeah, that. I think uh, I think one last caveat, I will, nev- I will yeah. neither confirm nor deny if uh, one of the uh, friends sitting next to me was on a uh, legal substance in California, possibly a legal substance in the state where you live. 
and he was having a great time at the beginning of the movie. So you could, if you want to add like your own fifth dimension, if you want to bring a fifth dimension in with you to the movie theater, that might be a little, uh, that might be a little extra fun there. So uh, overall, I, I don't feel like I threw my money away. It was an interesting experience and um, I would say give it a shot. I would say okay. don't 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 pass it up if you if you have a chance. But uh, I think we have a I think we have a movie to talk about here actually. Now. Yeah, there was a movie actually <laughs> along with the experience. Believe it or not, um, we went and saw Pacific Rim Uprising. I was gonna see it anyway, so I was kind of. I mean, I like the first one. I'm not in love with the first one, but I mean, I enjoy it. I love what it was, and I can't. I feel bad watching it on my home TV because I'm like, this was meant <laughs> to be experienced in a large scale. You have large beasts and large mechs in Pacific Rim and if you shrink it down to something in your little TV you're like oh that's I'm not getting the full effect of the the mm. the word kaiju really so um <laughs> this sequel this is 5 years after the first one's been released I can't believe it's been 5 years since the first one um it picks up with kind of new characters but some throwbacks of the original ones in there and um I'm I mean to to kind of like you said Mike we always bury the lead a little bit here this movie actually surprised me. I I was surprised several times in this movie. Um, while I don't think it's a very deep movie, uh, it's very <laughs> shallow, I was very happy to be surprised that it wasn't a predictable script kind of along the way. So um, uh-huh. that that did give me a better feeling about this movie than just being like, okay, this is... Monsters Punching Row was great. That would have been straight for the bar. But since the story had a couple surprises, I was very, very pleasantly i don't know i was happy to watch it in the theater so what about you mike what did you think of the movie of itself were you able to actually watch it or were you too busy watching the theater around the movie no i mean i was able to i was able to take it all in and unfortunately i think pacific rim uprising missed the bar uh unfortunately uh, i i really like the first movie even though it, i think it has some significant flaws that i can really overlook because the rest of the movie is just um is just so good to me uh the first pacific rim uh you know i just i love the scale of the movie how all these uh robots just feel huge and lumbering and the monsters just feel extremely threatening a very simple story told pretty uh pretty straightforward all the way from beginning to the end um, even though you have like characters uh, like char- like uh, actors like Charlie Hunnam like trying to put on his best American accent and and he's just kind of like a little bit of a, a doofy character. I, you know, I was still engaged. Um, obviously, it's a Guillermo del Toro's vision, uh, kind of connecting to all of his uh, lovely uh, uh, Japanese monster past that he loves. Um, but it, you know, it also it has a pretty uh, uh, slow uh, second act of Pacific Rim, the first one. But you get over it because you know the goods are coming if you've seen it before. Um, Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, they're adding a lot of new interesting elements to the film that I won't spoil just yet. Um, some of them pay off, and I think some of them are a little wasted. Uh, we have some interesting character turns, uh, which I would say did surprise me. Uh, I didn't I yeah. didn't see some of those twists happening. But uh, overall, I didn't really like how they played out in the end. Um, uh, this is a sequel. You know, this isn't some sort of a reboot. Uh, I know it's five years later, so some of the original cast returns. Some of them are just briefly mentioned. We don't really know what happens to them. Some of them are dispatched pretty quickly, which is 
a little unfortunate. So I was uh, a little disappointed there because you would think if you're going to kind of dispatch the old cast, I think your new cast needs to be strong. And I don't think John Boyega can carry this whole movie on his own. Uh, this movie has a lot of uh, teens in it. I don't know exactly if they're trying to reach a different market with this movie when they were writing the screenplay, but most of these teen characters in the movie really kind of grind my gears a little bit. But, you know, eventually they get into robots and they start fighting, and, you know, you're kind of getting back into your original Pacific Rim love. Um, as you can see from the trailers, there's a lot of action in this movie that happens in the daytime, so it's interesting to see the the monsters and the robots fight during the day. Uh, it feels a little less intimidating and it feels a little bit more like a Saturday morning cartoon without the edge when it's not at night. So I don't know, maybe we could have uh, maybe done a little something different there, but I, I don't I, know I, why you're looking for edge in a movie of monsters <laughs> versus robots. Well, go on. so I, well, I rewatched the first Pacific Rim just a few hours before I saw this movie. And I, I know when you think of the first Pacific Rim, you just instantly think about the big, awesome robots and monsters because that's what's awesome about it. But the first movie is dark. There is, like, really not a whole lot of moments of humor. You really only get the humor from, like, the comedic relief of the two scientists of well, Charlie Day and you, his... You know why? That? Because because Charlie Hunnam can act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> I mean, to me, so, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just go ahead and say I disagree with your, like, I hate the actors in the first one. I love the actors in this one. So, I mean, just to play my cards a little bit, I cannot stand Charlie Hunnam in the first one. Like, I, he is a wet cardboard paper bag person and he couldn't do anything. <laughs> and this one, despite John Boyega overacting, overreaching, I was at least like, oh, he's he's funny. Like I can at least he's he's at least got a little more flavor to him than than that. But but yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just want to go on. Go on. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying, yeah, I don't have really an issue with uh John Boyega. I actually had this this kind of interesting moment in the theater where I was just like, you know, this kind of feels like a classic 1980s action movie sequel for a moment because that's kind of what happened back in the 80s. You would have this kind of original kind of sci-fi action concept, think like something like Terminator, and they would make one movie. You would get one movie and then people would end up liking it and then the studio would go, oh, maybe we should make another one of these since they like since they liked it. So then a couple years later, not like two years later or one year later, like some of these franchise movies now have been like programmed to just just churn them out this one comes out a whole five years later and it's a similar type of thing where it's just like oh well how do we how do we kind of uh continue the story uh let's have one of the main characters have a kid uh enter john boyega you know let's kind of um put new lifeblood in this movie let's add some uh younger new characters so it was kind of fun to have that experience again of a movie that is a sequel five years later so you kind of have to you, you you still have your your universe there but you have to move everything into the future a little bit it can't just connect and continue because after all those times and if it's not all planned out you can't get all the actors back so i kind of like that feeling again i just don't think it all planned out um panned out for them uh going forward so it you know that was a that was a fun experience but uh i, I went in with low expectations because i know this is just a, a dumb robot movie but like you know it just didn't live up to the first pacific rim that doesn't necessarily make it a bad movie but th that means i can still point out things that i didn't like so I think I would like to jump on the spoilers real quick and we can kind of uh, wrap this thing up and maybe talk about some specifics that we that we liked and didn't like. So, yeah, so just before we do, I think this, to me, this is Pacific Rim and Uprising are yin and yang. 
where where the first one falls short, this one picks up. But where the first one was good, this one falls short. Um, yeah. So to me, I actually even them out about the same level. Not amazing. Nothing. I'm gonna go watch. My wife hasn't even seen the first one yet, and uh, we we don't we don't own a copy. Well, I couldn't even find a copy to watch before we went and saw this one. So I'm I'm like I I put it a little bit above a middle ground, but like they both where one falls, the other one succeeds in, in the other way. So. I would say if you like the first one, go watch this one. Uh, if not, you can definitely wait till it hits home theater and rent it. Redbox or, or Netflix it and probably still be okay. So I, I would strongly recommend... I don't think you can watch this movie without have seen the first one. I know we're saying it's just a big, dumb, fight em up movie, but they there's a lot of callbacks to the first one. They kind of rely that you kind of know a little bit about this world before going in. And you'll see some flashbacks from the first movie without any context in the second movie. So, yeah, make sure you watch that first one if you want to really understand well, anything that's going on in the second one. My wife didn't have a problem. She's like the only th- there was only one part she didn't understand and that's we'll talk about in spoilers. But once I told her, she's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So, um, I, I yeah. So I guess you say see it or don't see it, Mike. Before we jump into spoilers. No, I, I think I think it's fine to see. Just uh, know what you're getting into. Okay. All right. And 40x or not 40x? Uh, I think I think just you think find help the movie. I think okay. find an IMAX screen. Just a normal IMAX screen. I think will be fine. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. Spoilers. The only part my wife didn't understand was Charlie Brain. Ha- Charlie Day had a brain in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting. Uh, that was an interesting reveal, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, but that wasn't even like the twist. The twist was much later. But I mean, yeah, like, like he just had that brain sitting there. And did it, did it not have the same name as the other human brain that they train with? Were they oh, both I named have, Alice? I have no idea. I thought the human brain was possibly named Sarah. I do not remember. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I don't. That was like the only thing I was like. I don't remember. Can't pause and go back. But anyway, spoilers, Mike. What 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 do you got going on for us here? All right. So so here we go. I, I just want to go ahead and jump in. The first thing that kind of uh, bugged me with the movie is um, I know it's going to sound weird talking about like contrived uh, kind of plot lines, but. The, the kaiju's master plan of throwing their kaiju blood with the rare earth metals of uh, Mount Fuji, uh, it's not like it didn't make any sense, but it was just a dumb plan for these monsters and these precursor aliens, which doesn't really sync up to the first movie at all. So they tried to plot it out with this kind of holographic map in this movie that like, oh, let's look at all the kaiju attacks that's ever happened. Oh, we can see they're all drawing a straight line to Mount Fuji. Oh, why is that happening? Well, that's not what happened in the first movie. The kaiju were popping up all over the Pacific Rim, just randomly kind of trashing cities. They weren't all making like a beeline to Mount Fuji, so I don't understand if they just wanted us to just not pay attention to that and just like, you know, just kind of like glaze over our eyes and just be like, okay, that's what they're trying to do. And I don't think that really led up to a very interesting conclusion of the movie. So we have like this big hybrid kaiju kind of climbing up Mount Fuji, which I presume he was just going to jump into the volcano. I don't really know what the monster's plan was once he got up to the top. So it's just like, oh, how are we going to take this guy out? We're just going to punch him hard from falling down. And I was a little unfortunate because that was the climax. There wasn't anything after that. And if you compare that to the first Pacific Rim where they're freaking like going through a wormhole, they had to fight these kaiju uh, underwater, and then they're falling through a wormhole, they're exploding. 
They're exploding this uh, Jaeger in another dimension. We get to finally see these other aliens that are connected to it. We get to see their kind of kaiju form. They like barely escape through these escape pods. And at the very end, they're just kind of floating in the ocean, kind of uh, taking in their triumphant triumphant win. And it's just like the, comparing the ending, is it's it's a no-brainer. The first one was so much better. So I was, I was very disappointed in the ending, which is kind of not how you want to leave a movie. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think... I'm the other way. I, I really, the more I sit and think about it, the more I really don't like the first movie. Um, and and I, I guess it's just because I forgot Charlie Hunnam was even in it until you mentioned that. And now I'm like, I really don't like that actor in the first one. <laughs> so it's hard for me to actually come back and be like, okay, well, what do I like about it? But, I, I mean, wh- while it may be goofy, everything about this is goofy, I think this movie should have been two movies. And I think because they took five years to make this, they might have jammed so much into this because I would have loved to see more of the training because they're like, okay, here are our five biggest Jaegers in the fleet. And then the the big twist is that the AI robots were actually little kaiju brains or something like that that took mm-hmm. over the Jaegers. I'm like, well, that's really interesting. But they just kind of took out all these big robots really quickly and we didn't get to see a lot of that fighting. Um, yeah, and that was an interesting plot point when they were going to do the um, kind of the drone Jaegers because uh, this movie is obviously in, um, a very much influenced by kind of a <laughs> Japanese anime and manga with big fighting robots. And that, yeah. was, a very, that was a very prominent pop plot line in Gundam Wing, which is an anime that I grew up watching where there was a human man Gundams and then all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, we're going to make mobile dolls now and it's going to be computers kind of controlling these robots. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting like i can i can kind of see that logical conclusion of let's get the humans out of these giant robots because that's very dangerous and bring in the the ai so i was like yeah. I, i'm i'm vibing with that plot line you know well and exactly and they set up the creator of these ai uh Xiao, um to kind of be like this cold-hearted bitch who you think is the evil person you because they, they play her up to be evil so hard that she's like, don't you make me question your loyalty, kind of thing, and I'm oh, like, okay. Well, she, let's she, uh, like they over they over the topper at the beginning, and then somehow redeem her by the end. So like, there should have been two movies in here. There, there's obviously a two movie divide somewhere. So but, I think. I think this is an unintended consequence of us knowing a little bit too much about the international movie market because when I was watching this, I was like, there's no way the Chinese businesswoman is going to be the bad guy because they want to make as much money off of this movie in China as possible. This woman will not be the bad guy. And then at the very, very end, she is one of the heroes, mobile, like mobile piloting the little tiny uh, Jaeger. And I was like, okay, there it is. (laughs) There it is. They had to get that Chinese box office. They're not going to make her the bad guy. Yeah. But I mean, also, I mean, the first one kind of led into that with the, with the character, uh, Mako Mori as well, um, who obviously was going to be targeted because she had the vote. Like, I don't, it was very, that part was very predictable, but I did not know that it was actually Charlie Day's character who was making everybody like putting the kaiju brains in the remote pods, and then I, don't, I guess they didn't explain how they took over the robot or how they expanded, but that was very interesting. I would have loved to see more of these like kaiju blend robots kind of go. Yeah, on. they just kind of all look like one robot, and I was like, ah. Oh. But I like to see more because the kaiju had the varieties. They had the everything in this has a crazy ass name. Like uh-huh. every every mech has a name. Um, I, I forget. Was it? There's Gypsy Avenger in this one. 
uh, Obsidian Fury was the evil version of that, which was just a color swap version with two swords. The but, names are badass. Like, if you're ever looking for, like, an online username, just find a name of a Jaeger. It's already really rad. Yeah. <laughs> and they even gave, like, the, the, the kaiju some really crazy names. Um, but I, 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 get, I did not see Charlie Day actually being the evil person here. I thought he was just being played, but he was the one playing everybody else. And I thought that twist was really actually surprising because they don't, they don't give that away in the trailer. And I really thought they'd give something away like that, you know? Um, yeah, it it was surprising, but I feel like I know I'm I feel like I'm asking too much of this movie, but I felt like if the movie had a little bit more depth, maybe we could have played with the fact that like Charlie Charlie is is not the the bad guy. He is a good guy that has been kind of taken over by the precursors mm-hmm. and they never really they never really did that. Like they're just straight up like hating him. They're punching him. They're strapping him to chairs. They're never really kind of uh, going into the idea of just like, hey, this is our like scientific friend that literally helped us save the world in the last movie, and we're just kind of treating him like garbage right now. So I, I, I know that's probably something that they could possibly develop in a third movie. But when you try to cram so much stuff into one movie, you just gotta be like, we have to cut all of the scenes where we develop sympathy for Charlie Day's character. It's- Sorry. <laughs> It does go very, very quickly because, I mean, they, they pick up, um, what's his face? Idris Elba's kid. I can't mm-hmm. think of Is it Jake? Is it Jake in this one? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you, can, I, I'm, I'm, you, you can just call him John Boyega. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Jake Pentecost. They pick him up, and now he's back in the military. And then next thing you know, he's made up with this buddy, Scott, played by Scott Eastwood. Like, they move everything really quickly for plot's sake. So I wish this would have been two, but at the same time... Man, when they start fighting, like the Jaegers fight each other, and then then versus the other stuff, I was really into it. Like I really like the action scenes in this one. Yeah, I would say that out of all the parts of the movie that came close to kind of reaching the first movie's peak, it was the Jaeger fights. I like the kind of uh, new uh, additions to the weapons. That kind of that gravity whip was really really cool. Uh, everybody's got swords now. I felt like they kind of maybe took the wrong lesson from the first movie. Of the reason the sword was so badass in the first movie was because they we didn't know they had it and they used it as a last-ditch effort to kind of slice that pterodactyl thing in half. But now in this movie, they're just like, you have a sword, you have a sword, you have a laser sword, you have a laser whip. We all got melee weapons now and they all pop up. So um, sometimes it was cool. Sometimes I felt like it was a little too much. Uh, but uh, overall, I like some of the new weapons. Like I said when I was talking about the 4DX experience, I like that big machine gun when that one Jaeger had to be piloted by three people. She kind of yeah, goes yeah, down to the core of the robot. idea with three people yeah. and one Jaeger. Yeah, that was that was badass. Um, I, I looked this up, and it was a, it's a little unfortunate. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but John Boyega was like an executive producer on this movie, and I don't believe it was just for credit. He had some he had some creative influence in this movie, and uh, I I think I'm gonna have to disagree with him here. Where John Boyega said the one thing he didn't like about the first one was that all the robots moved too slow, and it wasn't very exciting. So he he brought in a specialist that worked on uh, one of the new Star Wars movies. I don't remember what it was to kind of retool how the Jaegers moved. And they ended up moving a lot faster in this movie, which I don't know if I liked. I kind of liked the first one then when they were lumbering a little bit more. It made them it made every punch feel just a little bit more impactful. In this one, they're kind of running around a little bit more like it's a, a an anime movie or something like that. Well, but I think but I think it's also an evolution because it's been ten years in that universe since anyone came out of the ocean. So all they've got is time to tweak and retool all their all their things, 
without actually having to repair and fight again, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, it, it no, they, there, like... was all, there was a whole repairing montage, if you don't remember, in this movie. Apparently, oh. these big, giant robots can be scrapped together pretty quickly after being totally decimated, put, like, 48 hours earlier. Put, put right back in pristine condition uh, <laughs> at that. Um, hey, little girl, you know how to fix things, right? Let's send your 11-year-old ass up into this robot, and I think you can get it working in, in a couple days, right? I, I did think it was funny that all the kids in the thing were all different nationalities, like, in her little squad bunker there. Like, mm-hmm. she was the white, the, the token white person. Everyone else was from another country or, or skin color. And then the one kid actually died, and it kind of just left it off. At the yeah, end, like, no. There wasn't a thing for him. Even though yeah, like, especially, he, he kept making boob jokes. Yeah, and he taught he's he kept talking about how he wanted his like funeral to be with all these Jaeger salutes and then he just died and then at the end of the fight they're all like jumping up and down, and like, Yeah, we won the day and it's like, dude, your your friend back there got literally crushed by a giant monster and you're celebrating right now. Maybe well, just take it down a notch. <laughs> he, yeah, it, the the tonality there was yeah, I, I agree with that. But he was apparently a big Big actor in Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies, if you, in case you right. go back and watch that. Well, I don't. <laughs> my, I don't my, think my, my wife, my wife, the fifth grade, the fifth grade kids love those. But I mean, overall, I mean, I the seats to me made this movie that much more fun because I felt like every punch and every hit in this, and I really liked the battles because they weren't they didn't just win every time. I think that was a very important thing. Like, they didn't just go up against the kaiju or the first mech and just take him out in the first go round. And I, I thought that was very important to me that they didn't just the 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 good robots weren't always overpowered. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So I, I did enjoy that they weren't easily, uh, I guess, winning left and right. Yeah. I would I would be remiss to not bring up the two pet peeves that this movie did touch on, which uh, drive me crazy, and I wish they didn't do it. Uh, first one was uh, over ridiculous kind of hacking computer screens. Uh, there was visualizations of them trying to uh, regain control of these piloted Jaegers, and there's this weird visualization of, like, oh, the virus is taking over the screen, so let's have, like, all this red light come over the screen, like, e- eating it up. But, like, oh, we're fighting back against the virus, so the hole is opening a little bit more. And I was like, oh, this is so <laughs> stupid. Show me a robot punching something. And then they did the other thing where this this should just be abolished from all movies going forward because it is so uninteresting. I never, ever want to see a character trying to act um, like they're um, diligently pressing a tablet screen. Uh, just before Mako died, she's trying to do this last-ditch effort of sending them out a data packet. And she's like, boop, 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 trying to like make this tablet look cool. And then when uh, Charlie Day sends his, his weird robots that can morph kaijus together i i don't un, that was not explained i don't i understand what was happening but was not uh, built up in any way and he's doing the same thing where he's on top of the building he's just like oh well i'm just gonna fix this boop, 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 boop. and i was like he, okay he had a lot of time on top of that building just <laughs> yeah, watching no more, everything happen yeah no more no more tablets uh no more of that uh nonsense it was stupid so let's abolish those two things from all movies going forward and i maybe i'll have a little bit of a better time Mm-hmm. I um I would like to play a video game on this again, just like the first one. I would love to see a good story-based Pacific Rim video game. Uh, maybe you have a home base where you can build up your Jaegers and then you know go out and fight with them whenever like there are incursions. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool. Um, but I also I don't know. There was that's that's really my walk away here is I really just want the video game yet again. Same I said <laughs> after the first one. 
I really like a video game in this. Um, but also, did you see the Gundam, the Gundam uh, reference? Yeah, the, the Gundam statue. That was cool. I like yeah, that. That was that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, overall, again, I I don't think I will own this one, much like I don't own the first one. But do uh, you think they're going to make a third one? Uh, in this, it's going to depend on the box office for sure. I mean, the first one just barely made enough money internationally. I felt like to warrant a sequel, which is why we saw it five years later. Um, if for some reason there's a third one, I would love it if Guillermo came back. I th- feel like he really put his personal uh, touch on the first movie, which is why we got all these awesome monsters, Jaegers. We got all the awesome names. Uh, the freaking base where the Jaegers hang out is called a Shatterdome, which I just think is like the coolest name ever for a home base. So I think all that stuff would be amazing, like you said, in a video game. So um, I tell you what, I'm not excited for a third one because the Stinger kind of credit scene was just really stupid where he was just like, well, you tell them to stop coming because we're coming for them. You know what that reminds me of? You know what that exact scene's from? What's Independence Day 2. Oh, yeah. I've heard some comparisons between uh, this movie and Independence Day 2, which is not not a good comparison you want to draw. No, but that that exact scene was the same thing. Like, they had the crazy sign. It's like, oh, we know where the the aliens are. We're going to go to their home world. And I was like, oh, God. I but I thought this movie was actually going to go to the other aliens' homeworld somewhere in there, but nope, um, they didn't do nope. it. Nope, they didn't do any of that. So uh, as still of as of right, well, I was going to say as of right now, the movie has made back exactly its production budget. So on the first weekend, so we'll see. Right. We'll see how good. it goes. Well, good luck, uh, Uprising. I would be curious to th- see a third one. I don't think I'll be going back to the theater when 4DX when the third one comes out. I, hell, I might even wait for a digital release for the third one just because oh, this one just disappointed. It just didn't live up to the – I didn't – you know, the, at the end of the day, I just didn't have as much fun in this movie even with my seat moving and lights flashing at me and water squirting at me and uh, just going out with my friends, So, uh, which is a little unfortunate. But, you know, there's some fun robots punching. But uh, first one will always hold a special place in my heart. So there you go. I, I, think, that's, uh, I think that's all we have to say about Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, yeah, I don't like the first one as much as Mike does. So to me, I was, I was okay with this one because I don't like the first one as much. So, uh, depends on where I guess it depends on where you hold the first one. I guess is where you're gonna enjoy this one. Is what it sounds mm-hmm. like. So, uh, but that's it for our special, special, special review. <laughs> of, <laughs> I think so, you need one more special so you can hit to that fourth dimension. Well, I was trying to get to the Ford 40x. Um, but I kept saying I was going to get the D-Box seats for the D-Bag because that's what I was calling myself. Do you, you, know you understand that reference? <laughs> oh, Chris. But anyway, this I hope you guys enjoyed our review at least for our experiences in the 40X years and the D-Box seats. And uh, let us know what you thought of Pacific Rim Uprising if you saw it or will see it. So um, other than that, Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris? People want to find out what you up to. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Be putting together some IKEA furniture today. See how that turns out for me. Hell Wish yeah. Me luck. <laughs> uh, also, head over to YouTube, search the DNN, or head over to Comic UI. We have a convention coming up in two weeks, Mike. Really excited for C2E2. Hopefully, it's interviews. That's the big one, man. It's 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 my mecca for the Midwest, and and so on and so forth. And we'll be representing. Superhero Slate there, or at least I will. But if people want to know more about Superhero Slate, maybe our regular news show we do every week, where can people find us at? 
Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our little show, because I'm sure if you're not subscribed yet, you're going to want to do that. So you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get us right in your email inbox every week if you like it that way. And you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We promise we won't steal your personal uh, social media data, because I don't even know how to do that, so you don't have to worry. If you want to get some Superhero Slate merch, just head on over to SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. We really love that. We love the stars. We love the, th- the thumbs up, the comments, the shares. We love all that. If you want to be a super fan of the show, if you like that, if you want to put that on your business card, super fan of Superhero Slate Podcast, we'll let you do that as long as you just share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. Uh, and we're we're cruising into the blockbuster season slash summer movie season, so we're going to be having a lot of double episode weeks coming up. Um, uh, and Avengers uh, Infinity War is uh, right on the cusp. Uh, Deadpool not long after that. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. You can check out our spoiler cast for Jessica Jones, which just dropped a couple of weeks ago. So listen to all that, and make sure you're subscribed. And we do a daily news episode every week, so uh, yes. stay tuned for that. Yep, we're about to do that right now, Mike, so let's go do it. All right, goodbye, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. You've given me more knowledge in this couple seconds (laughs) than I did for the entire movie we watched.